Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Huh. That's what he said. You tell Marco Rubio to suck on my sweaty old man balls. Try that on for civility. Ass. The following podcast contains... Mr. Strickland, Bobby used some language last night that he said he got from you. Can't use the type of language that you use. I just don't understand why people feel the need to use that kind of language. Don't ever use that kind of language again. Do you hear me? But he doesn't have to use that kind of language. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you were worried about etiquette while your house is burning down, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, June 29th, 2018, Uncivil Wars edition of the show, where we equivocally state there is only one side to history. Stay tuned. Hey, and what the hell are you thinking podcast is brought to you by Fast Eddie's Etiquette Academy. Are you struggling to learn proper decorum and conduct of civilized society? You should try Fast Eddie's Etiquette Academy. We can teach you how you should behave and shit, like using the right fucking fork. Now, you know how you raise your pinky when you're slurping your tea? That kind of stuff. At the Academy, we teach you how to blow your nose on your dinner napkin, not your shirt sleeve like some common douchebag. We also specialize in teaching you ways you could say go fuck yourself in polite society, like when you're kicking some prick ass out of your place because they work for some dick grubber you can't stand. Fast Eddie's Etiquette Academy. Learn to be fucking civil, or else. Unfortunately, you couldn't just piss in a pot in this place. They had a special thing like a flat wooden shelf with a hole in it in a little room. He'd peered down into that hole when they first arrived, wondering what it could be for. It seemed like a long way down, and it smelled bad. Malachus had explained it to him. A pointless and barbaric invention. You had to sit there on the hard wood, an unpleasant draught blowing round your fruits. But that was civilization, as far as Logan could tell. People with nothing better to do, dreaming up ways to make easy things difficult. I'm not a fighter. I never have been. I've never needed to be. There are two reasons for this. One, I'm a fairly big dude, so people tend not to want to fuck with me on the mistaken assumption that I am somehow good at fighting, which I am not. And two, I'm pretty smart, so I can get out of most situations without having to get into a fight. I remember this one dude who was just itching to fight me. It was, uh, it was over a woman. We'd been drinking all night, and finally, like, around two in the morning when everybody was passing out, and I just wanted to go to sleep, dude finally got his balls up to call me out, and he wouldn't leave it alone. All I wanted to do was go to bed. So, you know what? I said, fine, let's take it outside, and we headed towards the door. He steps out the door, walks out into the yard, I close the door, lock it, and I go home and go back to bed. Problem solved. For all I know, this prick ass is still waiting in that backyard for me. He, he, he wasn't very bright. But there was this one time, see? One time that I couldn't not, not fight. 
my unit had been called to defend this distant outpost. Something about our agriculture. I never quite got the whole deal. But it was really just supposed to be a milk run. But while we were there, are not enemy... But they definitely weren't like friends since some of their people to the same place. And we were told, strictly told, we had to get along no matter what. So that's what we did. No fighting. But me and a couple of buddies were having a quiet drink at a local watering hole when in comes some of our not friends who proceed to make smart ass comments about us. Now, I'm the ranking person there, and I know that shit will drop on my head, so I tell my guys to ignore it, and we keep on drinking. But then this guy starts insulting my commander. He called him, uh, what was it, a swaggering, overbearing, tin-plated dictator with delusions of godhood, and then he called him a devil, and my buddies jumped right up. They were going to defend the commander, but I stopped them. I mean, everyone is entitled to their opinion. That's what I said. But then, dude said that we were only fit to haul away garbage. And that tweaked my temper a little bit, but I let it slide because I was professional. But then he went so far as to say that we should be hauled away as garbage. And that did it. I stood up and I belted him right in the fucking mouth. There are certain things for which a man must stand up. This was it. He can insult my nation, my commander, and my friends. But you call me garbage, and I'm going to punch you right in the mouth. Now, naturally, uh, my commander was pissed by all this, and he wanted to know from all of us who threw the first punch, but my guys stood strong. They didn't dime me out until he dismissed all of them, and it was just me and him standing there. And he looked at me and said, Dave, I know you're a grown-up, and you'll tell me who threw the first punch. And I said, sir, I got to admit, it was me. And I told him the whole story about how they insulted the company, how they insulted him. I was pretty specific about what they said about him, and he just... He just restricted me to quarters, and that was fine. And that was really the end of it. Nothing really came out of it. Now, you know what? Now that I think of it, that actually didn't happen to me. That's the plot from an episode of Star Trek. Well, Captain, uh, Klingons call you uh, a tin-plated, overbearing, swaggering dictator with delusions of godhood. Is that all? No, sir. They also compared you with that Danibian slime devil. I see. And then they said that you were... I get the picture, Scott. What I'm saying is sometimes you just can't sit still while everything you stand for is under attack. And that's why a restaurant manager in Virginia showed Sarah Huckabee Sanders lying ass the door last weekend. You get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Well, that's actually how I would have done it. The manager politely asked her to leave because it made her staff uncomfortable to have the mouth of Sauron snarfing down a cheese plate in the place. Naturally, the uh, mouth of Sauron got all pissy about it and whined on her official Twitter account. Everybody hates me. Oh, honey. It's because you're a lying sack of shit enabling a white nationalist to destroy the rule of law in our country. So, yeah, everybody does hate your fucking guts. Now, Sarah's mendacious shit-talking self being booted from a farm-to-table joint in rural VA isn't a new story. Not in normal times, because in 2012, Joe Biden was asked not to shop in a cupcake shop in rural VA because the owner didn't want to sell no cupcakes to no libtard. It wasn't a thing, because liberals don't make mountains out of anthills. Except when we do. But usually, when stuff like this happens, all we say is, Come on, Joe. Let's get out of here. But, you know, what happened in this case is state-run propaganda networks went into overdrive talking about hypocritical liberals refusing to serve decent Americans, and liberals said, seriously, motherfuckers, you just won a court case saying a baker couldn't serve a gay couple over a seriously held belief, so suck on my seriously held dick right here. 
But then we learn that such grotesque reactions and crude repartee mark us as gauche and lacking in good manners. Why, the gray lady herself took us to task for our vulgarity just last week. Quote, unfortunately, we've seen a decline in civility and an uptick in incivility, said Christine Porath, a Georgetown University professor and author of Mastering Civility, a book on behavior in the workplace. It seems like people are not only reciprocating, but we tend to stoop lower rather than higher. It's really putting us in an unfortunate place. Ms. Porath said the current harsh climate was affecting people beyond politics, injecting itself into everyday life at home and work. We know that its incivility is contagious, she said. It's like a bug or a virus. It's not only when people experience incivility, it's when they see or read about it. Oh, my. Well, at the risk of sounding uncivil to both the paper of record and Miss Porath at my alma mater, allow me to reply. Is there an app for kissing my shiny metal ass? Good God, the hand-wringing and pearl-crutching over civility has reached a fever pitch this week with stalwarts of the establishment media tisk-tisking about going high when they go low and the media further from the West Wing, such as The Outline, who headlined an article simply titled Fuck Civility, or this podcast which urges Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Stephen Miller, and the President of the United States to kindly Yeah, motherfucker, eat a bowl of dicks, motherfucker! And if they're looking for an aperitif after they're done, they should absolutely suck on my white balls. I'll even be a gentleman and wash them in the sink before I plop them in your mouth. My God, to everyone who's been urging. Civility, gentlemen. Always civility. Allow me to sum up what has happened just this week. Reports are that 2,500 children our government is holding hostage in order to carry out an ethnic cleansing are experiencing great difficulty being reunited with their parents, and the only way those parents will get their children back quickly is if they voluntarily deport themselves. The Supreme Court, oh God, there's so much in that, but we'll get to that in a minute. They said it was perfectly fine to discriminate against Muslims entering the country based solely on their religion if you just ignore the hate rhetoric of the person banning their entry. By the way, this was the exact opposite of the argument they used a few weeks previously to say it was okay for a Christian baker to refuse to sell to gays because he was afraid he would catch the homo from them. In that case, they dug around until they found government animus. In the travel ban, they ignored a mountain of animus by an asshole. The courts also gutted public unions and allowed states to continue to disenfranchise voters that don't adhere to the Republican autocracy. That was just this week! And the gatekeepers of the norms are trying to tell us... Guys... Uh, please be civil. The editorial board of the Washington Post wrote this to those of us huh, who might want to speak out against the norming of fascism in America. Quote, we nonetheless would argue that Miss Huckabee and Miss Nielsen and Mr. Miller, too, should be allowed to eat dinner in peace. Those who are insisting that we are in a special moment justified in civility should think for a moment how many Americans might find their own special moment. How hard it is to imagine, for example, people who strongly believe that abortion is murder, deciding that judges or other officials who protect abortion rights should not be able to live peacefully with their families. You mean like when they're fucking shooting them? Sorry. Down that road lies a world in which only the most zealous sign up for public service. And that benefits no one. Eat a buffet of dicks. CNN actually put this bloviating thick on their live air. Where it is extraordinarily divisive. I cannot remember a time. The anti-war movement in Vietnam, the, the civil rights movement, uh, you know, in the 60s and early 70s, both of those were much more civil in tone. Mm. Even the anti-war movement was more civil in tone, but certainly the civil rights movement among the people who were protesting. 
And this fucker was in his teens during the 60s. Activists disturbed a couple of dinners and said some unkind things. The Students for Democratic Society and the Seminese Liberation Army blew shit up. The weathermen bombed the Pentagon. They set off a bomb in the Capitol in 1971. We interrupted a cheese plate. It's a little hole in the wall, but they do a nice cheese plate. Let's take some thoughts on civility from a man considered a paragon of civility now but was considered extremely uncivil in his time. You see, Dr. King had some words for the kind of people who urged civility and moderation in the pursuit of justice and rights. And he wrote them from a jail in Birmingham. Quote, You deplore the demonstrations taking place in Birmingham, but your statement, I am sorry to say, fails to express a similar concern for the conditions that brought about the demonstrations. I'm sure none of you would want to rest content with the superficial kind of social analysis that deals merely with the effects and does not grapple with the underlying causes. It is unfortunate the demonstrations are taking place in Birmingham, but it is even more unfortunate that a city's white power structure left the Negro community with no alternative. I must confess that over the past few years, I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride for freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klanner, but the white moderate who's more devoted to order than justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you and the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct actions, who paternalistically believes he can set aside the, set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lived by a mythical concept of time, who constantly advises the Negro to wait for a more convenient season. Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from the people of ill will lukewarm acceptance is much more bewildering than outright rejection unquote dr king knew that the idea of civility of acceptance of going with the group and patiently waiting your turn to speak and hope that someone listens and agrees is the worst idea you can choose when fighting for things that matter Look, I'm not suggesting that you be the kind of prick that must get what you want all the time. If you're discussing where you need to get a drink after work, be civil. Go along to get along. But when you're fighting for the future of your people, only an absolute dolt will choose that path. I mean, you would need to be stupid on the level of a Democratic senator to take that path in the choose-your-own-adventure of 2018. What kind of idiot does that? You may have noticed that Wednesday, Justice Anthony Kennedy decided Fuck it, dude. I'm, I'm done here. And took an express bus to Boca Raton to make sure he's there on time for the early bird special. This leaves the country in rather a precarious position as Kennedy, who is by no means a liberal, but has generally cited been the swing vote on a court between the four justices who want to make America 1950 again and the four justices who think maybe people other than rich white dudes are covered by the Constitution. His sailing off into sundowning gives the fat fuck fascist in the Oval a chance to fulfill his destiny and toss a judicial hand grenade into the court for the next, oh, I don't know, three or four decades. And if you think for a goddamn second that civility is going to stop the orange-robed Grand Wizard of the Trump Tower Clavern from whisking Judge Jeanine Pirro from the Fox Green Room to a robe fitting, you're stupider than fucking Don Jr. You think that Mitch McConnell, a guy who wipes his ass on the idea of civility, this fucker stole a Supreme Court seat in the first place, while a lot of well-meaning Democrats hid behind the skirts of civility and norms and whined like a toddler whose ice cream got snatched by a turtleneck seagull. 
And there's literally nothing we can procedurally do to stop Trump and the Reich Republicans from appointing the reanimated corpse of Heinrich Himmler to the court so fast you can kiss, well, pretty much everything you hold dear goodbye as you watch abortion rights, voting rights, shit, just equal rights in general, swirl down the bowl with the turds as we enter decades of hard right jurisprudence, undoing every advance we were too timid to make through the hard work of constitutional changes over the past five decades. But we're supposed to be civil about this? We're supposed to meekly assume the submissive posture and take it right in the face like the money seen in a low-budget porn flick? Ah, you like that? Ah, hurts, huh? So open wide, America. You're about to be the center of a Republican bukkake circle as the hell mouth opens and the end result of the GOP's Faustian bargain finally pays off. But by all means, we should all get along. Tom Nichols wrote in Wednesday's post on an op-ed headline, Outrage works for Trump if Democrats abandon civility will backfire. Quote, Likewise, we need not shout at our neighbors who supported Trump, but we can refuse to engage them about politics if they are clearly not interested about anything but venting. Too many Trump supporters in public as well as in private are interested in only trying to draw a foul to bait the other person into descending into murk. A polite refusal speaks more than shouting in their face. Shame can work, but only when paired with an insistence on virtue. This, to take one example, is how Judge Roy Moore was defeated in the heavily Trump-supported Alabama. You want to know the truth about Alabama? The only reason Roy Moore is not sitting on the fucking Senate right now is that people got angry enough to shout about electing a child molester to the Senate. The press did their job in reporting the facts, and the people got mad enough to make sure that the god-bothering old pervert didn't get elected. Had the good people of Alabama not vented the frustration in the weeks leading up to the election, election, old Roy would be groping in interns on the Senate floor today. Do not tell me that polite fucking refusal works. Polite refusal is fine when someone offers me a glass of sweet tea that revolting brood vomit so popular in my native lands but when it comes to the future of democracy in america it does fuck and all white men do not like it when they are challenged it makes them feel small and powerless like maybe their dick is tiny so they use norms and civility to keep people in their place they push back against the righteous angers of the disenfranchised by using courtesy and politeness as a chain around the necks of the people they want silenced like a dog in a shock collar Rebecca Traster wrote today in New York Magazine, speaking about Maxine Waters, quote, to publicly rebuke a black woman's support for protest and not the powerful white patriarchy's thinly veiled call to violence against her is a play is to play on the very same impulses that Trump himself plays on, racist and sexist anxiety about non-compliant women and non-whites and the drive to punish them. She goes on to say, these people had nice dinners and restaurants interrupted. They did not have their children pulled from their arms, perhaps forever. They were not refused refuge based on their country of origin or the religion or the color of their skin. They were not denied due process, nor were they denied the full range of health care options, forced to carry a baby against their will, separated from their families via the criminal justice system, or shot in the back by police for the mere act of being young and black. Civility is the call to stay in your place. For women to obey when they are warned and not to persist. For black Americans to submit to the authority of police when they gun down an unarmed child. Civility is to keep the protest at Standing Rock from impeding the flow of money down the pipelines of capitalism. Civility is the demand that trans children be bullied and beaten in schools. Civility is the silencing of screaming children being torn from their parents. Civility is the insistence that we throw the Constitution in the shredder when the accidental president is only president because he butted up to a Russian 
fucking dictator. Civility is for us to stand meekly in the fucking road and let the neo-Nazis run us down. Civility is a submission of all we hold as just and right to the tyranny of a minority. Civility is the Inquisition. Civility is Jim Crow. Civility is the lynching tree. Civility is back alley abortions. Civility is genocide of Native Americans. Civility is the House Un-American Activities Committee. Civility is barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Civility is slavery. And that is what these right-wing motherfuckers want. They want everyone they disagree with back in chains. And for some of those people, those chains are not metaphorical. When someone calls for civility, they might as well be shouting niggers for sale because that is the path those calls lead down. Civility is the path to bloodshed, violence, and civil war because free people cannot stay free if they are forced to be silent. And we are long past the point where silence can be taken as our consent. We shame, we insult, we deny the enemies of freedom their creature comforts so we are not punished to the point we are left with no other option other than violence. Let me put it this way. Which is the better choice for America? We kick the press secretary out of a restaurant where she is eating or we wait for the entree to arrive and blow the fucking restaurant up. I, for one, will choose incivility over civil war, but your mileage, your mileage might just vary. I do not and will not advocate violence, and while I am highly pissed off, I'm not that pissed off. No one should be shamed or denied service for being a member of a political party or the person they voted for. These are fundamental rights as Americans. What happened in the cases we're discussing and the civility breaches we seem to debate is people were shamed for what they did, the calculated actions of a people in the actual administration making policy or lying about the policy they've made. To politely refuse to serve them or to protest them while they are in public falls within the bounds of civil disobedience. I would never condone, condone extending that to their family or pushing them to remove or pushing to remove them from their homes, and definitely not any form of violence against them. But I am perfectly fine if Sarah Huckabee Sanders never gets a fucking cheese plate in public again, so long as she continues to prop up an autocracy with lies and propaganda. So Sarah, get yourself a fucking brick of Velveeta and a box of Ritz crackers and stay the fuck at home. That is it for our show this week. How do we even go forward from here? That's a rhetorical question. Don't even bother to answer it because I've spent five decades on this planet now and everything I've watched being built is being torn down by an inarticulate idiot leading a mob of morons. It really is exactly what that old gypsy woman told me would happen. I, I should have listened. And I wanted to do a happy show this week. I needed to do one. But reality keeps shitting on my forehead. I mean, things were bad. But this show started off with a different tone before Kennedy retired. The last time things were this dire involving a Kennedy, they were scraping brains off the backseat of a limo. And speaking of scraping brains, speaking of scraping brains, God, that's the worst metaphor I could possibly use, but I'm just going to run with it. You can help others scrape their brains out of their earbuds by rating and reviewing this show wherever you get your podcast. It helps them find it in the school book depository of the internet. All of my rantings are on the grassy knoll of Twitter at the hell underscore podcast or the show name on Facebook. All the shows are kept in the Carousel Club. That was the name of Jack Ruby's strip club, y'all. Uh, we call www.whatthehellpodcast.com and, of course, the show name on SoundCloud. For me, Dave Bledsoe, producer Lee Harvey Gavin, and all the other fictional second shooters on this show, we want to say it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard rain that's going to fall. We'll see you all next week. And where have you been, my 
Take a small bow. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.